So whenever Jesus is, is speaking, we should always pay attention, but especially when he says, I am. Because when he says, I am, he's unveiling to us his character. He's, he's demonstrating to us who he is. And so that's incredibly important. And so this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 1. Um, if you don't have your Bibles, we'll have it up on the screen. Um, if you have it on your phone. But I love, I, lo- I, I, use, I say this all the time, I love when I teach adults because when I tell you to turn somewhere, I can, I can hear you turning. I, all I hear in youth group is... It's, it's not the same. It's not the same. John 14, chapter, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and still you do not know me, Philip? Oops. Burp, burp. There we go. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. I love that Jesus starts this passage with, let your hearts not be troubled. My heart has been troubled the last couple weeks. I was talking to some different people in my office with Bo, and we were talking about it. I was telling my wife, Dana, like, I love my family. I, I love my job. I love my life. And so this is not like, I'm not suicidal or anything. But just, there's times I'm like, Jesus, just, I want to go home. I just want to go home. Your people can't get along we hate each other. We're re- like, I, I made the mistake of getting on social media, mistake number one. Then mistake number two, I looked at political posts. I mean, mistake number two, I know, exactly, you know. Mistake number three, I then read the comments to the said political post. Life lesson, don't do that. Don't. And I just, I'm, I'm reading, and I just, I don't, it's, you know when, like, you see something, you're like, I shouldn't, and you just keep going, and you're like, this is not healthy for me, and you just keep reading, and it just keeps getting worse, you just keep getting more mad and more sad, and we're like, ah, and I was like, Jesus, I just want to go home. They're so mean. Everyone is just so mean. I'm like, why can't we be like, our mom always said, if you don't have anything nice to say, shut up. He says, how it was in my house. I don't know about yours, but. <laughs> Seriously, and like, so there's so many things going on, and you can take politics aside and just move to just relationships and people and this world and this country, and it's just like over and over and over. I just want to go home. This is not where I belong. And, and, and Jesus starts this with, guys, 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 don't let your hearts be troubled. A little context, Jesus is, 24 hours from crucifixion? Like, he should be like, guys, guys, my heart is troubled. 
You pray for me. And he does that later, and then they fall asleep, because that's what good Christians do. And, like, he is the one who should be asking for help. I am troubled. I, you guys, you don't even know. Like, it's going to be bad. But he's like, no, 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 no. You guys. Oh, and he just shows his character that he cares so much about our hearts and about what's going on. And he says, guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. But you see that even after he says that, Thomas, oh, wonderful, wonderful Thomas. Jesus says in verse 4, And you know the way to where I am going. You know the way to where I am going. And God bless Thomas for his honesty. Lord, um, we do not know where you are going. And if we don't know where you're going, how can we know the way? And I love Thomas because Thomas is the spokesman for doubt. Because notice he doesn't say, I don't know. I didn't catch this. I've read this story so many times. He doesn't say, I don't know. He says, we don't know. And so when I picture it in my brain, because that's what I've, I've been trying to do that lately, is to put myself as a character in the story. And so I, I, I just pick one of the random disciples, and I, I'm sitting there, and Jesus goes, I've, my, my dad's got these houses, and they're awesome, and you're going to love them, and, and I'm going to go prepare a place, and I'm going to come back and get you, bring you to me. You know the way to where I'm going. Do, do you know? Now, here's the deal. I think Peter, because Peter was super confident, was like, yes. Yes, we know. We know. Judas was gone, doing his thing. So the other ten, I think they were looking at each other like, did, did, he, tell, did he tell you? That, did, you, don't, you don't know? You don't know? I don't. And Thomas is like, so no, nobody? No. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we don't. None of us have a clue what you're talking about. Like we don't, we don't even know, not even a little bit. And I love he says, <laughs> do not let your hearts be troubled, but I'm going to go away. Jesus, it's kind of difficult to not have troubled hearts when you say troubling things. Like, you, you're here and it's awesome, but you're going to go. No, the Messiah comes and destroys Rome and takes over and it's going to be awesome. You can't go because that ruins what I thought you were going to do. But notice Jesus combines something. He says, I'm the way to where. He combines the way and the where. And Thomas separates them. He goes, we don't know where you're going or the way how to get there. And Jesus is like, I got you. I am the way. <laughs> One of the disciples again. Did, did, you want, did that help you? Did that, that did not clear things up. That's, uh, it's like in math class when the, the teacher's like, does anybody have any questions? I do. What's your question? Can you, um, I didn't understand anything you said. I'm sorry. I know you've been talking and teaching for 15 minutes. I just, can you start at the beginning? Just go again. I don't get it. And then Philip, and I, Philip doesn't have any lines in the story, except bad ones. I feel really bad for Philip. 
He's never mentioned, and only when he does, it's bad things. And he goes, hey, hey, I got it, I got it, I got it. You just show us the Father. He's troubled because he just needs to see the Father. You show us the Father, and that'll be enough. I think we'll get it then. And Jesus is like, bro, like, we've been over this. Now, he's kind and doesn't say that. That's what I would say. Philip, we literally talked about this yesterday. Remember after dinner, we were talking. I'm the Father. Me and the Father are one. We're one, 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 singular, one. But if you show me the Father, that'll be enough. And you can see these guys are just so troubled because they just don't get it. This morning, if you've been reading Scripture or maybe God's doing something in your life and you're like, I have no idea what you're doing, have hope. Neither did they. They literally physically walked with Jesus for three years. He told them everything that was going to happen, and yet they did not get it. So this morning, if your heart is troubled because of something God is doing and you just don't understand, I want to give you hope this morning. You're in good company. The men who went on to change the face of the world, to change religion as we know it, Three days before the resurrection and, and, and everything changing, they were as lost as we are. And their hearts were troubled. And Jesus goes on to tell them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the there that you're looking for. We're all trying to get somewhere. We are all in this constant keeping up with the Jones mentality. We always, there's always something else. There's always something more. And i got to be honest, I don't know which is more frustrating, when God doesn't get us there or when he does. Because when he doesn't get us there, and, and maybe I'm the only one, maybe I'm the only one that I pray for specific things and and I've got one, and I'll use it as a joke because we don't want to get too serious and like really talk about things. But I've been praying for a four-door, forest green pickup truck for years. Now, I'm going to offend a lot of people in this room. Anyone asked me, Chevy, Dodge, Ford? I said, four-door, forest green pickup truck. Well, Chevy, Dodge, <laughs> don't care. And I know that offends some people to the core of who you are. It's okay. You can forgive me later. I've been praying for that for years. If you look in my driveway, I don't have one yet. Yet. God's going to come through. I can feel it. I can feel it. But when, in a serious note, we pray for things all the time. We pray to get there. We pray for that job. We pray for that raise. We pray to go on that vacation. We pray for this and we pray for all these things. And it's so frustrating when God doesn't come through the way that we think he should. And we get so offended at God that he did not get us there. God, I want to go there. If I get there, I'm going to be happy. I, if I just have enough money, if I just get that job with that salary, I'll get there and everything will smooth out. And we don't get there and we're super frustrated. But I think sometimes what's worse is when he does get us there. 
and pray, Jesus, if I get that job and I get that salary, I'm gonna, it's going to be great. It's, it's going to be exactly what I want. And he gets us there, and you're, you're there, you got the job, you got the salary, and you're all of a sudden going, this is not what I thought it would be. And then what do we do? None of us, none of us go, well, maybe, maybe the there isn't somewhere I'm supposed to be. Maybe it's a person. No, no, no. All of us go, wait, okay. So if this isn't the there, that's got to be the there. If I, okay, so I've got this job and I've got this salary, but if I can go on that vacation, that once-in-a-lifetime vacation, and God's like, okay, cool. So you go on this once-in-a-lifetime vacation, and it's awesome, and you get back home, and you're like, so this is the second consecutive there that he's gotten me to, and uh, both of them were disappointing. Both of them were disappointing. There's, we are constantly looking for something because what we've done is we've, we've taken Jesus answer my prayers versus Jesus is the answer to my prayers. We've switched it. We've changed it in our culture. We pray to Jesus, Jesus, answer my prayers. Do this for me. Do this for me. Do this for me. Instead of Jesus is the answer to all of my prayers. If he is the way, the truth, and the life, he is the there. And that should allow all of us to just, just take a real deep breath. Because now we're not striving. Now here's the deal. Like, let's pray for that job. Let's pray for that salary. I'm down. You want me to pray for anything? I'll pray for it. There's nothing wrong with those things. There's nothing wrong with going on that dream vacation, but I, I think when, when we reach eternity shores and we're face-to-face with God, we're going to realize, wow, that stuff really just didn't matter, did it? Like we're face-to-face with our creator and we're like, ah, I was just, man, when I was down there, I was just really, really into sports. I know it seems really silly now, you know, face-to-face with you, but it was a big deal down there. Like all these things that we get so wrapped up in, when we meet our God face to face, we're going to recognize they were never meant to be the there. Jesus is the there. And how do we know this? Because no there that this earth has has ever satisfied anyone. I love Jim Carrey. I've always loved him as a kid. He was my favorite comedian. I loved his movies. I can't recommend them, but I love right now because he is recognizing, and he's, he's got this quote. He wishes every single person could become rich and famous so that everyone would realize it doesn't mean anything. He is searching for truth. He is searching for the there, but he's searching for it in things. Because if you look at our original creation, if you go back to Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis, They were there. Perfect creation, perfect interaction with God. They didn't have to go anywhere. They were there. And I think if we we make Jesus truly the way, the truth, and the life this morning, not just an additive to the other ways, the truth, and the life that we're trying to get to, if we make him the centerpiece, I think all of a sudden our priorities completely change. Because if we don't ever have to get anywhere, then all we have to do is interact with people. Churches get so busy trying to get there. We try and get, we want want that. We want this many people. We want another building. We want to plant a church. All those things are great. Let's pray for all those. Let's do all those things. 
Let's have six services. Sure, let's do it. Let's pray for it. Let's make it. Let's make it happen. But if we're focused on that, we forget that the there is Jesus and we're already there. If you have said yes to Jesus, like Bailey was talking about, she, she gave her life to Jesus, she followed Jesus at camp. If you've done that, you're already there. There's no other there to get to. That should give us peace this morning. For our troubled hearts that are always stressed about trying to get somewhere else or do another thing or add another thing to our life, you're already there. You've been blessed with every blessing in the spiritual places. You're already there. But we don't totally agree with that. Because more of the same thing doesn't actually change anything. Einstein said that that doing the same thing and hoping for different results is the definition of insanity. And that's what we all do. We think if I have $10, $20 will be better. And if I have 20, 40, 40, 80, 80, 100,000, 200,000, we just think more money will make us happier. The world-famous poet, the notorious B.I.G. in 1997 said, more money, more problems. Okay? And he was right. The more we have, the more we stress about what we have. And the only thing that we ever really needed, the only thing that fixes that eternal ache inside of us, we already have. Rest this morning. Take a deep breath this morning. You have already arrived. And if you haven't yet this morning, I pray that you recognize, man, that's my life story. I've been trying to get there, and man, I got there, and it was not what I thought it was. It was more stress, more problems, more frustration. And real quick, I've got to move on to the next point. I camped here too long. This saves marriages. This saves marriages. Because now you're not looking for your spouse to fulfill something they were never intended to fulfill. You're not asking them to be something that they were never created to be. They're not your way. They're not your truth. They're not your life. And so often I've made the mistake of making my wife that. And that's not fair to her. That is unfair to her. She was not created to be that. She was created to be my helpmate. Not my savior. And when I make Jesus my Savior, make Jesus the way, the truth, and the life, all of a sudden my wife can take a deep breath because she doesn't have to be that for me. This saves marriages. But Jesus tells us that heaven is an upgrade. I think we get this, but, but we don't truly understand. There's no more sin, no more death, no more anxiety, no more fear, no more frustration, no more loss, no more pain, no more sickness. That's why I'm always like, I just want to go home. I'm so tired of all these things that we were never intended to deal with. Do you realize that all those things are a result of sin? When sin entered entered the world, that's what we got. And so everything we're dealing with is, is because of sin. And when we go back, when we go home, when we go home, there's none of that. But here's what I recognized. Again, I've read this story Dozens of times. I never caught this. 
Oops, that's not it. Ah, that one, there it is. This one. And if I go to and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. He doesn't say, I'll take you to heaven. He doesn't say, I'll take you to the streets of gold. He doesn't say, I'll take you to the mansion. He doesn't say, I'll take you anywhere except to him. Because he is the there. Heaven is only super cool because Jesus is there. Because here's the deal. If we had a city filled with all of the, the, the jewels and that Revelation 21 and 22 talks about, the, the streets of gold and the, the walls have jewels and there's... Like, it's, it's amazing, amazing things. We could all be living there, and if you took Jesus out of it, we'd be like, oh, this place is not cool anymore. Do you know how hard it is to clean a wall that's jewels? This is stressful. Streets of gold? Really? Like, don't walk. No, sidewalk. Sidewalk. We're not driving on these. These are too nice. There's stress. You could have none of that stuff but have the fulfillment of Jesus and we're like, oh, I'm home. Heaven is nothing about what's going to be there. It's who is already there. Heaven is the upgrade because Jesus is there. Real quick side note. So many of us miss the opportunity to experience that here on earth because we forget that God himself, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, all one, three and one, one and three, lives inside you. That when Jesus went away, he goes, guys, it's actually better that I go because you've only been able to see me interact with me. It's actually better that I go back to heaven because when I go back to heaven, my Father will release the Holy Spirit and my Spirit will actually live inside of you. The there that you're trying to get to now is inside of you. You can rest. You actually don't have to worry anymore. That's why Jesus in Matthew 16, if I'm wrong, forgive me. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Do not worry. Hey, don't worry. Hey, hey, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. And I'm doing this over and over because literally that's what he says constantly don't be afraid don't worry because he knew what was going to happen he's like i'm going to go but my my spirit is going to come and rest inside of you and you will have glimpses of heaven right now if you can bring up that c.s lewis quote because i'm not sure where i am in my slides there we go if we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world we're strangers in a foreign land. We're strangers in a foreign land. So then why are we here? I get that, I get that question all the time. If heaven's so good and it's perfect and this world is so stressful and we get so frustrated at God and this world can, can pull us away from God, once we raise our hand and say yes, why doesn't God just zap us up into heaven? It's because the way, the truth, and the life is for everyone. He says, I go to prepare a place. In my father's house, there's many rooms. 
I'm no Greek scholar by any means, but other smart people told me that when it says there are many rooms, it says it's, it's the idea that there's an abundance that is unlimited. There's always enough space. There's always enough space. And I think sometimes we forget in Ezekiel 33:11, God says, Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his ways and live. God's desire is that all people would know him. You want to know why you're here? To make sure everyone knows that. To make sure everyone knows that this life is really, really difficult. I'm in it with you. I live this life with you. But here's the difference. There is a person who says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. You no longer have to strive to get there. You no longer ready. I'm going to preach to someone. You no longer have to prove it. You no longer have to prove your worth. Jesus said, I think you're worthy enough. I'm actually going to come and abide, live with you, live inside of you. And then John makes it very, very simple. 1 John 5.12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not. I love verses that need no explanation. Those are my favorite. If we make Jesus our center, if we believe in his death and his resurrection and what that resurrection does for us, all of a sudden we have life, life more abundantly, eternal life, which Pastor Mark talks about all the time, that, that it's, it's not a, a, a quantity of life. Eternal life is not about living forever. It's a quality of life. That even here on earth where everything is so stressful and we're always trying to get to the next there and when we get there it's not good enough and we forget that Jesus is there. In all of that we can have a great life because a great life in Jesus is not about anything external. It's recognizing that we have found the way to happiness. We have found the way to peace. We have found the way to life and to joy. We have found the way to God the Father. And Jesus finishes his I am the way, the truth, and life with what can be a very divisive statement. No man comes to the Father except through me. The world has taken that and framed it for us and said that is, that is bigoted, that is judgmental. How could you say that? What we need to do is there's a way to God. That's the good news. Stop framing it as this judgmental hypocrite, like pushing everyone aside. No, no, no. God made a way for everyone to come to know him. That's the hope. That's the joy is that there is a way for us to know God and it is only through Jesus. And it's not judgmental if it's true. He is the truth. And that's why I started my prayer with, I, I hear this all the time. I've, I've literally read it probably a hundred times this week. Live your truth. Live your truth. You have to just live your truth. Speak your truth. There is one truth. That's it. And that truth is there is one way to God. And every single one of us, like I said earlier, has an eternal ache inside of us that we're always trying to fill with something else. 
We're always trying to fill with another there. And Jesus said, let me solve it all for you right now. I am the way. I am the way to your happiness. I'm the way to your fulfillment. I'm the way to your peace. I'm the way to the Father. I'm the way to you having joy in every moment of your life, no matter what's going on around you. I am the truth. I'm the only thing that's ever been true in the history of the world. There will nothing, never be anything more true than Jesus. He was the truest representation of what we are supposed to live. He was God on earth, the true representative of God in the flesh. And he's the life. He's the only thing that makes this life worth living. Because we have a purpose. We're not just here wasting time to get home. Whether you're eight or 80 in this room, you have a purpose. To make sure that everyone that you encounter knows that there is a way to God the Father. There is a way to life and it is found in Jesus.